really, uh, that was what the process was that was going on in his life, is bringing him to, to that point of, of really trusting so that he could move ahead and obey God in this, uh, in this task that he had for him. And God has a task for all of us. And really, that's the same process for all of us. It really is. Uh, to, to trust, which leads to, to obedience. And because, you know, a lot of times obedience is going gonna to take us, I guess what we call, out of our comfort zone, right? Out of, out of, out of the place maybe where we've kind of settled. And, uh, you know, change is, is difficult, um, it changes, uh, it takes a step of faith. And, but if, if we know that the Lord has led, it to, led us to it, you know, then, then uh, it'll, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it to, to obey in that. And, um, you know, Gideon's life was going to change a lot here in a hurry. Um, you, think, you think he was happy that he made the changes and, and that he obeyed? I mean, it wasn't comfortable for a while. We're going to see that tonight. For, for, for a big part of uh, the process, it wasn't necessarily comfortable. And, and changes, you know, taking steps of obedience, a lot of times it is, it is awkward. I mean, humanly speaking. He went through some, 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 uh, some awkwardness, I guess we call it. Some, some times of, uh, where it wasn't comfortable. But... Obeying, trusting and obeying God is the way of, uh, it's ultimately of no regrets. I've never met anybody who, you know, in a surrendered fashion, obeyed the Lord, who at the end of that process said, you know, I, I really regret that I did that. You know, I just, uh, if I had to do it over again, I just, I wouldn't trust God and I wouldn't obey. Maybe sometimes during the process, we're feeling that a bit. <laughs> But, uh, you know, once, once the dust settles and we see clearly, you know, that God was worthy for us to have trusted him all through that. And, uh, and we can see that it is the way of no regrets. And so we were looking a little bit about to, uh, to Gideon, and he, he did want to make sure, didn't he? He wanted to make sure that he was, and I think that's, I think, I think that's fine. I mean, God let him go through that process. I think, I think God was interested for Gideon to know, you know, and, and, God's, and, and Gideon, it was like he was saying, if I am going to take kind of these somewhat drastic steps, I want to know what's of you, God. I don't want it to just be an emotional thing. Yeah, I would love it if the people, you know, I'm all fired up today to think of my people being able to get under for the bondage of, of, of Midian. And I'm just going to go out there and start swinging the sword, man. And, you know, I'm going to make... Uh, you know, those decisions, they don't, they're not usually, they don't last. Because if it's just an emotional decision, well, if emotions are pulling that train, it ain't going to go very far. Because emotions are up and down all over the place, aren't they? If you're made anything like me, and I know they say, you know, males aren't emotional, but we, 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 got it, we got it happening. We just maybe don't demonstrate it as much, uh, as somebody said recently, as, as, as the ladies do. But, you know, we're all emotional creatures. We have that aptitude as we've been made by God. But it's not meant, we're not meant to, to you know, by, we're not 
before God, we're not to make decisions just based upon feelings. You know, feelings can go with the decision, but the decision has to be based upon truth. And for the Christian, it has to be based upon trusting that this God wants me to, is what God wants me to do and then move forward. And so I think that's what Gideon was doing. I think that's why God honored that process, you know, to, when he was putting out the fleeces and, and he, was, he was just making sure, you know, okay, I, I think this is what you're saying, God, and uh, I, I believe this is where you're, you're, uh, you're moving me and how you want to use me. And at the end of that, you know, I mean, he built an altar. You see there in, in chapter 6, he built, he built an altar ultimately to Jehovah Shalom. And, uh, and that just means that, uh, you know, he was at peace with God. He was at peace with God. And that's a wonderful place to be. Because the Midianites was still, were still there. The threat was still there. It was still a dark day in the sense that, you know, his, 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 uh, his people were still hiding out in the, in the hills and in the, in the dens and the caves. And there, there wasn't a full victory that, it, that had been accomplished except through the certainty of God's, God's word. But, you know, that, that, that wasn't what Gideon was basing his, his peace on at that point. He was basing his peace upon the settled persuasion that God was going to be true to his word. And that's a wonderful place to be, isn't it? That's a wonderful place to be. Because if you're waiting, um, and I think it's in verse 24 that it says that. It says, uh, yeah, verse 24, And Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Uh, the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. Jeru Shalom, city of peace, right? Eternal city of peace. And... Uh, and so, if we're, look, if we're, waiting, if we're waiting until that magical time when there's no, <laughs> there's no problems and there's no obstacles, there's no challenges, if we're waiting until that time to have peace, then we'll never have peace. But if instead we're seeing that Jehovah Shalom, you know, the Prince of Peace, Jehovah, Jesus is Jehovah. It's kind of ironic that uh, some that call themselves Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe that Jesus is Jehovah because, you know, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's, he is Jehovah Shalom. Uh, they're not witnesses for Jehovah if they don't believe that Jesus is God, okay? I'll tell, I'll tell you that for sure. Uh, and uh, so um, they'd be better off being called false uh, witnesses of Jehovah. But anyways, uh, it does say here, that uh, he built that, and that's, that, that is, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, just uh, help us now as we do this Bible study here uh, tonight. In the life of Gideon, we've heard the stories, I imagine, a number of times, and uh, Lord, but uh, just help us to, to just glean from it again in, in this exhaustible, inexhaustible, inexhaustible book that you've given us. The, the Bible does stand uh, uh, for us uh, this evening. Thank you that we can, uh, we can look to it uh, for these truths that can encourage us in our daily walk with you today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If, if Gideon had not trusted and had not obeyed, think of the implications. Gideon's own destiny would not have been realized. And, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about destiny, kind of, you know, the Walt Disney 
sense. I'm talking about in the, the, the God, God's will for his life. I mean, for the Christian, our destiny is to bring glory to God's name through trusting and obeying him. And, and think of, of what we miss out on sometimes, you know, how much water goes under the bridge when those times when we're not trusting and obeying him. Now, God's gracious and he does continue to work and, and he can bring us back to that place. You know, I don't know if you ever read, read the, uh, the Pilgrim's Progress, you know, the guy, he got off that trail for, for quite a while and then God did graciously bring him back on, onto it there. Um, but uh, how much was missed out on in the meantime, right? And, uh, and so if you, want to, if you want to really, you know, discover what your life was meant to be, then, 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 then trust, trust and obey. Trust God, like, uh, like Gideon was learning. So Gideon's destiny was ultimately realized because, because of that. And secondly, think of the implications if we don't trust and obey. Um, God's deliverance is not recognized. Because God had, had a plan here that was dependent on some people saying, this doesn't necessarily make sense. This isn't necessarily the way I would have chosen to do it, you know, in my vast wisdom. Um, this isn't necessarily what I would have chosen for a path for my life, but this is where God has taken me. And, and when we trust Him in that way, we're gonna, we'll see times of God working, and we'll see a particular deliverance of God, the hand of God that we would otherwise missed out on. And think of the story now that we have to look back at, right? I mean, we're opening this up right now, you know, uh, a couple thousand years later, and, and we're still looking at, at this record. And that's kind of the third thing that I see here is God's doings recorded. Gideon's destiny realized, God's deliverance recognized, God's doings recorded. And, and, uh, and what do we have now? Well, the trusting and obeying that went on here gives us a record, a narrative, um, all these years later, of what God did. And, uh, you know, that's why God preserved these things for us. So we can look at it and say, that, that's the same God we serve today. And those people, they were made out of flesh and blood, just like we are today. And in many ways, they, they, they faced, you know, the, the same passions and the same doubts and, and uh, you know, the same challenges that we do today. And, and, and so we look back at, at, at these things and we say, wow, you know, think of the implications for Gideon. Think of the implications for me today. What is the story of my life going to tell? Because we, are, we all have, you know, our lives are lived, the Bible says, like a tale that is told. And all of us have some story of what God is doing, right? Some, some, uh, some, personal, um, uh, some, some personal course that we can say, this is what God has done in my life. A, a record of your testimony. A, a record that you can rehearse of, of, the, of the grace of God, the deliverance of God um, in your life. They came, why? Because you, tr you learned to trust Him and to obey Him even when it didn't necessarily humanly make sense. Because, you know, I think, I, think when, uh, I think when Gideon built that altar there to Jehovah Shalom, think what the Bible talks about for us as believers, you know, the peace that passes understanding. And that kind of rolls off the tongue because we've heard it so many times and it's almost, you know, cliche. But the peace that doesn't humanly make sense <laughs> due to the circumstances, right? And look, I mean, even in this relatively, you know, small crowd that we have here tonight, I mean, I know 
I know there's some things that the devil would love to use. I know a little bit what's going on in some of your, your lives. The devil would love to use that to, to steal your peace, you know, to, um, to discourage you, to, uh, to, to, to have you uh, be distracted from the goodness of the Lord. You know, it's a good time right there to get your thoughts back to who God really is, what His Word says, and just build a fresh altar right there of the peace that passes understanding. You know, Jehovah Shalom, that, that He is today, just like He was in, in, the, in the day of, uh, of Gideon. Now, Gideon had a big task in front of him. But I think, uh, I think God wanted to give him a little more preparation. Maybe, all right, Gideon, you're testing me a bit here. Let me test you a little bit. Um, let, me, let me have you go. And I want you to go into, I want to, I want you to go into town. I want you to go to that place where they, they still have these ridiculous uh, idols that they're calling gods. You know, they have eyes, but they can't see. They have ears, but they can't hear. They have hands, but they can't do anything for you. I mean, they're gods that are made by the ones that are supposedly, you know, serving them. I mean, that, that makes no sense whatsoever, right? Uh, all false gods are man-made, right? <laughs> and... Uh, and so is a man-made God worthy for man to, to, to give allegiance to? Of course not. You know, it makes no sense. But, and so he said, look, you know, go down in there and uh, you know, uh, uh, be a leader. Go in there and, and, and topple those things. Now, sometimes before, before God will give us maybe a bigger task. He wants to see if we'll be, if we'll be faithful in something, you know, something smaller. Just take, take a stand right where you are right now, you know, in some matter. Do, 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 do something that you know is obedience to the Lord. It's going to be awkward. You're probably going to take some heat for it. Hey, look, it's, it's, it's always better strategy-wise, humanly speaking, if you want to stay out of you know, hot water, just to not, don't rock the boat at all. If you don't rock the boat, then there's no chance of you going in the water, right? Uh, just don't rock the boat. But how many people go through life and they just never really stand for anything? I always think, you know, what kind of a life is that really? I mean, just vanilla all the way and never, you know, just I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't really want to fly my colors too high because someone's going to be upset and, uh, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody. And look, we're not, Christians should not be looking to, to be, in a, for as much as possible, live peaceably with all men, right? But the truth is confrontational. And the cross of Jesus Christ is offensive to to those who haven't believed yet. Um, Christianity is dogmatic. When you say, this represents the way, the way, the truth, and the life, <laughs> that's going to that's gonna be offensive to a lot of people. Right? But it's true. Speak the truth in love. Be gracious. You know, but do, do what God has called you to do. And, and look at what, what He said to... Uh, what he, what he did here with, with, with Gideon. This is, uh, this is pretty wild. It says um, in verse 25, And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down thy grove that is, is, is by it. And he's talking about awkward. His, his, his father was one of the ones that had the idols here. 
and built an altar upon the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place. So topple those things and then build, build an altar to, to the one true God. All right. Um, and, uh, and then uh, verse 27, then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was, because he feared his father's household, that the men of the city, that he could not do it by day, <laughs> but he did it by night. Um, and when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was, was by it, and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they, they said one to another, Who hath done this thing? And when they had inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, hath done this thing. And the men of the city said to Joash, Bring out thy son that he may die. That's how, that's how much they love their idols. You know, Don't touch my idols. Hey, you know, I, I, that's something I love. That's something I enjoy. Don't touch it. You know how Christians do that, right? You're preaching on a particular thing, and, and, you, and uh, people start getting upset because you're, you're poking their idols there, right? You're, you're, you're threatening to topple an idol in their life. And they're like, no, that's my idol. I love that idol. You know, what's it really doing for you? How's it really helping you in life? What's it really, what's it really doing to help you be victorious as a Christian? I don't know, but I love my idol. You know, it's there in my, in, my, in my backyard, and it's great, and I love it, and I don't want I don't, I don't to give that up. Well, you know, Gideon, Gideon had to trust and obey, and he had to trust that the best thing for even his household was for them to get rid of those, those idols and for, for, for an altar to be built to, for, to God there instead. And he still wasn't totally... I mean, he was willing to do it, but uh, he still wasn't totally all in on it, right? Because he said, oh, I'm afraid of what they're going to think, so let's go by night and do it. Yeah, we're going to do it. But, and so it was after that that he, you know, he went through some more paces with God. And it seems like when he came out on the other side of the fleeces, you know, one time fleece wet and dry all around, the next time fleece dry and wet all around. Once he came out on the other side of that, finally he was like, okay, you know, I'm all in now. And... Uh, and, and then when God, when God started to, to give him further testings, because we're going to look at next week, um, when it comes down to really the ones that are going to be used in battle, it's going to be those that are unafraid in, in, the, in the power of God and that are alert in the battle. Um, I think it's the same today as it was back then. People, you know, they like to find comfort in numbers. Right? Oh, man, as long as I can find, like, all these people are on my side, then I'm good. God wants to whittle it right down to, we have nothing to depend upon except Him, but we're unafraid because Him plus us is a majority. Him alone is a majority. <laughs> and so I'm on His side. It doesn't matter what. And then, all right, now I'm moving ahead for Him, and I'm alert to anything that wants to, that wants to attack that, that wants to throw me off this game, that's going to that's gonna make it so that I'm not keen, you know, in, in the battle and sharp in the battle. Um, so that's what he was going to do with, with, with Gideon. But Gideon had to be at a certain point in his, in, his, in his trust to be able to, you know, for God to bring him to that point. And so, I mean, look, you know, if you were Gideon and you were called to fight the Midianites who were in number, like they couldn't even count them. They got up on the hill to look at them. They was like, we, don't even, we can't even count how many there are there. All people of war that were willing to, you know, annihilate anybody that stood against them. If you were... If you were looking at such an enemy, you know, you'd want as many, as, as much 
human power and resources with you as possible, right? Um, but God said, look, at the end of, of, of this, uh, you know, the glory is going to come to me. Now, if, if anybody, if any person were to say that, that would be out of line. But when God, when God brings us to that, it is fully, it is 100% appropriate because He is due all honor and glory. And He knows that one of the worst things for you and I is for us to take the glory for ourselves. It's actually a protective thing for us. We're not due the glory. It's damaging to us to take the glory. I, when we take the glory, we, we get in a really bad place, and God knows that. And so He says, look, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want to work in such a way in your life as you trust me and you obey me, so that the, uh, through that and at the end of that, you'll see that the glory is, is due to, to my name. So we'll build on that a little bit uh, uh, next week with, uh, with, with Gideon. All right? Um, any... any uh,